Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today, we are joined by Hannah Powell, a.k.a. Abstract Hannah, an abstract artist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She received her Bachelor of Fine Arts from Seton Hill University in 2013, and she's been working on developing her style of abstraction since 2012. In her work, she uses a thin layer of acrylic paint to explore how color interacts to create light and shadow. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to have a fun time here on Extra Musical. Uh, So for those of you who are just joining us, Extra Musical is a podcast where we delve deep into the lives, the thoughts, the artistic process, and the careers of music artists usually, but also other creatives as well. And Hannah is our first non-musical artist on the podcast. She is a visual artist, but I don't want to talk too much uh, up front, my question to you, Hannah, to get us started is like, what's your story? Like, who are you? What do you do? Where are you based? Well, I am an abstract painter. I live in Pittsburgh area. Sorry, what else do, what do you want to know about me? <laughs> if you don't know about Hannah, Hannah's an abstract artist, as she just said, that goes by abstract Hannah. She's the first abstract artist that I've known personally. So Funny enough, some of the people on this podcast I know personally, some of them I don't know personally, and me and Hannah went to college together. We went to Seton Hill University outside of, or in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was just really, really cool to see tons of different artists, visual artists, do their thing and get their start, and Hannah is one of the visual artists that I see continually striving to create work while she is outside of school, which is awesome. How do you do that, though? So, like, your day, what does that look like? You create so much. How do you (laughs) do that? Um, Well, it's really just making it a priority. And art has always been an outlet for me, whether it's, like, emotional stuff that's happening, just any way to release what's going on inside of my head. I've always been one to turn to art. So when I was younger, that was drawing. Um, I didn't fall into the abstract realm until actually the senior, my senior year at Seton Hill. And I fell in love with it. So that was in 2012. Um, and then I really just now am continuing to try and make it a point to continue to create because I feel like the more I create, the more confident I feel as I'm putting colors down on a canvas. Um, so yeah, some days it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to throw this paint here and see what happens. Um, But it is like consciously trying to make sure I'm creating and because it's part of who I am. So do you feel like when you have that, that schedule of, I want to make sure that I'm creating, it's not necessarily a pressure to create something or something uh, of of a value, but to make sure that you're being part of the creative process? Yes, more to be a part of the creative process because I've seen just how important it is in my life. So it's really just like, especially if I've had like a rough week or something, I'm just like, you know what? I know I need to just paint for a minute. And it it's like, if people like this, cool. If not, like I feel better after I've spent time painting. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> 
Um, but I also have, so, you know, but I have two little kids. So it's also fun now to bring them into this with me to see and grow who they are creatively. And I mean, they might not love art as much as I do when they get older, but I hope to just be um, a space where they can create and make messes and realize that, you know, life is messy and so is art. And it's okay if we get paint on the floor or the walls, like that's okay. Cause we're creating. <laughs> um, so that's really fun and special. So it's like separating time where I am painting by myself, painting. Um, I actually listen to audiobooks now when I am painting, which is maybe weird, but that's what I do. Um, oh, so. no, that's that's not <laughs> weird at all. I feel like that's a, a great way to spend your aural time while you're spending that visual time yeah. as well. You're like learning and being creative at the same time. Or uh, maybe if it's a novel, like being a, a part of someone else's world while you're right. creating in your world. So yeah. you said you, you bring your kids into your creative process. Uh, productivity. I've seen some of their artwork before coming to your house, but like, what, what does that look at? Like, what do you see in your kids when they're creating? Um, so it's like really crazy to watch how like quickly they change from what they like to. Um, so my son Tiberius, he, you know, would come in and paint with me. Um, but not as much as my daughter now does. So Ty is almost six and Viana, she's going to be three in March. And she, she'll just see that I'm in the studio and she'll come in and she'll grab my paints. She'll throw them on her little palette. I always have a little canvas underneath where I'm working for her to just come up and put paint on there. She's very opinionated. So she'll just tell me what color she wants me to put on my painting or things that she wants to do. Um, recently, a really funny story is I was reworking a piece. I just has been sitting in a closet for a while. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to bring new life to this. And I left it for a second and she, I didn't see that she had her paintbrush and she reached on to it and just started going. I was like, all right, this is just family artwork now. We have this, it's in our living room now. So I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Coming from, coming from a different family, I just can imagine a completely <laughs> different reaction to that so it's so it's kind of it's really beautiful that that is now part of your um part of your family artwork yeah it's really that's that's a really great like you know what I could get really mad right now but I was like it was already a piece I'm reworking it wasn't her it was in her reach like she could reach it and she's a tiny little bead um, and she's so proud of it. Like if people come over, she said, my painting, a mama, like she'll, she'll tell people who did it. So I, I think it's, it's really special. It's also special that like it came out of what it was originally intended as like your art and it was put away for a bit and you came back to it. I, that's not something that I thought visual artists do because I'm not a, a visual artist. I wanted to be when I was a child, but I like, I'm not a visual artist. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't think that they could could put works away and come back. I thought you had to like work on it all while the canvas was there. Like, I mean, some it's different for everyone for sure. And in general, I prefer to like, if I'm working on a piece, I will spend time with it. And if it feels like complete, then I'm, I try and leave it because with abstract, it's so easy to like change something drastically within just a couple of strokes and you could hate the piece. I could hate the piece oh, <laughs> yeah. like a second later. So it's kind of like learning if I'm, I don't love it yet. I'll just kind of like walk away and see if like, I'm going to rework it or how I feel later. Um, 
But with that one, it was actually a piece that I was doing during stay-at-home orders of 2020. So it was very dark. It wasn't who I normally, <laughs> what I normally paint. And I was like, you know what? This this needs to change. So we're going to do something different. So it was kind of beautiful that something so literally dark in color, it was blacks and dark blues and like so dark, um, is now something that is bright and has little tiny, my two and a half year old marks on it. So it's really cute. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, that sounds like a really special way to intentionally slash unintentionally create art so intentionally bringing your child into the studio and then unintentionally having your child in the same studio <laughs> when you're like i'm doing art and they're like me too I'm surprise <laughs> we're doing it together <laughs> so for for your creative process it's it's obviously like family involved it's it's um intentional that you take the time out what are some like personality traits that you feel not that you embody but that you aspire to be like and you think that are important for artists like you to do what you do like need to have to do what you do um I feel like maybe one of the most important things is to just be okay with things changing and just being able to like roll with that um I think that's kind of why I love abstract art so much honestly because there's not a set way and there's less people giving their opinion on what it should look like or what it should be, but you're intentionally, I am intentionally making it something that is meant to be interpreted by different people, different ways. So like what I see in a piece, you could see completely different. Um, and I love that. So like part of that, creating that is just being okay with like letting things change or happen. Um, don't like a color, add something else kind of thing. So I don't know, just being chill. <laughs> yeah, being like chill and fluid and like let, that open to interpretation type yeah. of mindset must be really, really interesting. Because I feel with music, we have a lot of, well, the same, I guess the same visual art. You you might have a title to the piece mm -hmm. and that can influence the the interpretation. Uh, but then sometimes what the extra musical or extra visual, I guess, idea uh, is that's attached to it. But I, I've never really thought about as an abstract artist being very, very open to the interpretation because with my music, a lot of the times I'll go, this is the title. This is the story. Boom. <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. This is what it is. I don't, right. uh, I, yeah. So, I mean, there's tons of artists who work, uh, musical artists who work in the same vein as you where they're like, well, you know, it's up to interpretation mm -hmm. or there's not actually a meaning attached. So when you attach right. a meaning, that's like purely your interpretation. So it's really interesting the the fluidity and like flexibility of interpretation that's attached to abstract art um are there any um like musical influences that go into your art like do you ever listen to music were there like musical things that you would do with art at all um so before I would only listen to music and it was Honestly, probably so much Adele because it was like, you know, 2013. So like so much emotion. You just <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, unfortunately, I haven't listened to so much music because I'm listening to books all the time. So it's just like changing from listening and doing stuff with music to now doing it with words. So I don't know if that's a helpful answer or not. <laughs> no, that's a that's your answer. So I mean, it, it helped us get to know you. 
what is abstract Hannah's answer? <laughs> Uh, so this is an extra musical podcast, and that's extra, you know. <laughs> so the whole thesis behind it is that we're looking into music influences, or but outside ideas and other outside artistic ideas as well. So that's great. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you enjoy or do outside of your feel that you feel like contributes to your process? You talked a lot about uh, audiobooks in a couple of different questions. Uh, what kind of books are you reading, or is there anything else that you enjoy or do that adds to your process? So I, my books aren't going to be super helpful. So, so I <laughs> read a lot. Um, so I used to hate reading, like literally would you could not pay me to pick up a book and read it. And then after I had my son, I was just like, I'm really sick of Netflix and I'm really sick, sick of binging. And so I just started picking up books and reading them. And then I discovered audiobooks and how great they can be. Um, so I guess it really depends. Um, those little, I did little, I call them happy Pittsburgh paintings because I thought they looked happy to me. Um, but I did that actually while listening to uh, the book called Know My Name by Chanel Miller, which is like, I don't know if you know that story, but it's um, the Brock Turner case. So it was actually, she was a rape victim and it's like through her trial. And I was just like, this is a really interesting thing to be listening to while I'm making these happy little these happy little Pittsburgh paintings. (laughs) So now, unfortunately, I kind of like associate those with listening to that book. But also, so it's like, could be good or bad. (laughs) That's super interesting. So on the book part, is the title coming from the fact that everyone knows her, her, her rapist's name and associates that, that gruesome act with, with him rather than her, the victim who was impacted the most by it? Yes. So it was like her name was kept out of things and she was called Emily Doe. Um, and just everything was focused on how the case ruined his life, but like nobody really, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not a lot of sympathy for the victim Yeah, because he was like, Oh, going to go to the Olympics or whatever. So his life was ruined, but it was like, literally he was the one that committed this act against her. So it's really interesting, really beautiful story. She's an amazing writer, and she actually reads the audiobook. So oh there's gosh. like parts where she's like, you can feel the emotion coming out of it. So it's so beautiful, so powerful, and so heavy. <laughs> like yeah, that that must have taken a lot to to be the narrator of your own story right. and, and and that be the story. Oh my gosh! Um, but so while I was listening to it and painting, I was like, I'm just here, like Bob Ross saying, painting happy trees while like I'm listening to this really sad emotional story. Yeah, someone goes to your uh, painting and they're like, oh, "What is this? It looks like you were crying on the canvas." It's like, oh, because I was. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> <laughs> it's real tears. Oh wow! Uh, so the, do you often do a lot of Pittsburgh? Like, so you're more. What is the opposite of abstract concrete? Um, yeah. Or uh, how would I classify those? I still say that they were, are abstract, but with definitive things. So they did, I did like the bridges in Pittsburgh and then a couple of the incline. So notable or people know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're not necessarily like portraits or part landscapes where they're like more impressionistic in my mind when I'm looking at them. Or at least the one that I have in my we have another print of yours um that we got at a show of yours in um uh, it was at a print company. I can't oh, remember yeah. what print company it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arrival. <laughs> um 
we and we have a couple of those prints in there, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, but they're like kind of impressionistic, but they're not, hey, definitive, you can read out words and stuff. Uh, so do you often do those if you're not doing the, the your abstract style? Because I feel like you have a very definitive style. It actually reminds me of like ECM record, uh, like record covers. If you mm-hmm. know, don't know, ECM is a, a jazz label and they have very distinct record com- covers that are like abstract art. So when I, I see that. your work, I'm like ECM. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, so I actually, the print that you have from that Pittsburgh one, I did that as um, my brother-in-law asked me to do it. So I, he worked on bridges and it was like something I did for him. Um, and I honestly haven't done a lot of that until I was like, well, I don't have a lot going on last summer. Like I didn't have a lot of commission. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play around with something else. Um, so that's when I did the incline piece. And then from that, um, someone saw that piece and asked for me to do like abstract uh, engagement portrait of her and her fiance. So I did that for her. Um, and then I did those couple, uh, I've done like three Pittsburgh ones recently. So I guess it is becoming more popular, but they're always tiny now. Yeah. Like five by sevens or like the biggest one lately was eight by eight. So they're you, tiny. <laughs> you do a interesting like selection for the, the canvases slash items that you paint on. So like, I think one was like drum heads. Yes. The other, the other, other months uh, ago. And sometimes you take it on tiny canvases. I and in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, she only paints huge abstract <laughs> things, but you paint them on sometimes these very incidental looking items. How do you come to that choice, or like, what what do you like uh, of that versus a larger canvas? Um, I like to see how the brush strokes get interpreted in a smaller space. So normally, I'm using like at least four inch brushes for most of the piece, but when I'm doing something tiny, I'm like obviously switching up what brushes I'm using and just seeing how my brush strokes are interpreted then onto a smaller piece is fun for me. So it's just kind of like challenging myself to see if I can make similar brush strokes or like to see what I can create with something, a different tool. So it's just kind of challenging myself to see what else I can do. Um, I also just recently did um, engagement portraits for both of my sisters. So both my sisters are getting married next year. So oh, wow. <laughs> So it's good. It's so much fun. Um, and I was just like, well, I don't do a lot of portraits, but I did that one. And I was like, I'm going to do them. So it's <laughs> the three I, of you, right? Um, so there's five girls all together. Oh my gosh. But two of my two, both of my younger sisters are getting married. So one is in September next year and one's in October. So we're going to have a busy five weeks. <laughs> That's that is a busy five weeks. And it's special that you can contribute to their they're like a newly engaged life in this yeah. way to like commemorate it. And that's something that they can keep forever. That's really special. Um, Hannah actually uh, commemorated, well not commemorated, but uh, contributed to our house. The other, uh, well, this, was this this past year? Uh, was it? 2021 right it was in 2021 yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's been a while <laughs> yeah so it was in 2021 we came and picked them up in august of 2021 we have a three piece series we commissioned her to do three different size canvases for our living room and i think it's called reminiscence 
Yeah. yeah, it's this beautiful, it's her distinct style that we are very used to seeing on Instagram, um, but in our own living room. Uh, and has these like beautiful uh, strokes of red and blues and yellows. Red and yellow are our school colors. And I was very used to at that time, you using a lot of cool colors mm-hmm. in your artwork. So when I got the piece and was like, oh my gosh, red and yellow, what is going on? <laughs> I felt really special. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that because of Seton Hill? Uh, so, so I'm going to upload that to the show notes. Awesome. Uh, so everyone can uh, see those pictures and I'll choose a couple other pieces to uh, upload uh, with the show notes. I absolutely well. loved creating those for you because um, I actually, my my sister's fiance, he helped me build the frames. Um, so that was special to, he built the frames for me and then we stretched the raw canvas. So I also got to control um, the grit of the canvas. So how much paint it can absorb, which was mm-hmm. really fun. So it was just, yeah, I love creating them and I love that they're in your home. <laughs> so since you've done that, have you uh, collaborated with your future brother-in-law more for uh, custom canvases? Um, we haven't this year, so I haven't had people ask for a size that isn't sold in stores. Mm-hmm. So we haven't, but we have, he has stuff that we are planning to do at some point, but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> okay. So, um, here we want to, we talked about your process and we talked about like your kind of like your life with your, with your children and how you, and how you built your, uh, career and art uh, so we want to move to a portion where we kind of reflect on things because uh, hopefully people listening to this are either interested in being a uh, artist or a musical artist and uh, have their thoughts of their own about how their career should go or how their uh, artistic lives should go. And I feel like hearing from other artists, their opinions on their careers or their artistic lives also puts our thoughts and our perceptions perceptions into perspective mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah um so like what's one thing about your artistic life that you didn't expect to happen when you were uh, a senior in college or you were a senior in high school and you were like I'm gonna go do this thing what is one thing that you didn't expect to happen that has happened that usually doesn't fit into the projections right now or in the last couple of years I feel like it's been great to see like people more interested in my work so at least for visual artists and for myself um there was a lot of like negativity even from like my family they're like are you sure you really want to go to art school like are you sure that's what you want to focus on you know you can't make a living at that you get like you know like we've all heard those things um so it's surprising in the best way to like to have people engage with my work and to start to spend time with it and um, to have moments with the pieces and even doing their own interpretations. Um, so that's really beautiful. <laughs> and it's like fun to be like, Hey, this is like, it's okay. Even if I'm like, whatever you said, when I was younger, it, people do love art and they need art around them. Um, and I love being part of the art world for other people too. So so it's almost like re- this reassurance this cl- that happened over time where <laughs> we might go, no, you don't know. I'm going to go do the thing. But in the back of our minds, are like, what if they're right? Like, Right. Yeah. Well, Even I'm glad like, you- I guess, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've always felt like I've had to justify myself as an artist, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, so even just be like, oh, yes, I do paint, but also I work part-time and I'm also a full-time mom. Also, I'm doing this, you know, like having to 
put those other things out there so people aren't immediately judging like, oh, you're probably failing in, in my mind is what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be what they're really thinking. Oh, but. no, I feel like that. <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. I feel like that hardcore when it comes to kind of like talking about the hats that artists wear. I feel like when we think about artists in general, we think that they do one thing and in our minds, if we're saying, oh, I have to do all or not have to, but I do all these different things and not just create art, then I quote am a failure or Mm -hmm. I'm not as successful as others. But when you go into others' lives, uh, you'll see that like 98%, I'm making up this for people at home. (laughs) If there's a statistician looking at this, I'm so sorry, but like 98% (laughs) of artists are like, oh yeah, I have like four gigs that I do. And I also have a family and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't have kids yet, but, you know, I want to spend right. time with my wife. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. So it was fun. So I think it was last year, maybe I was buying a canvas and someone was asking what I, like someone in the store asked. And I just like responded with, oh, I'm a painter. And I was like, wow, that's the first time I've ever just like said it and like ju- didn't justify it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't have to justify actually, this. <laughs> I don't do that yet. So like, I, I will say that I'm a teacher before I say anything else, because that's what I spend most of my time doing. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm a teacher. Uh, but then there are people in my life who I work with and collaborate with who have no idea that I teach. Right. So like, I should start doing that more. Yeah, I should follow yeah, your lead. Speak it. Yeah, speak it into existence. That's kind of what we're doing now. We're speaking yeah. it into existence. We're starting from the ground up. Um, reflecting on your, um, your artistic uh, path, are there any like failures that you had and failure is always subjective. It's not like, it doesn't have to be career ending or things like that, but are there any failures or experiences that you had uh, that weren't necessarily positive when they happened, but were like a positive learning experience from the long run? There, um, right after we graduated, it's hard to like, right now I have, I want to create and I'm like making myself create and just making that a priority But right after graduation, we got married a month later, you know, life was busy and we were in a small apartment, so I just wasn't able to create. And so then I just didn't for a long time, like probably four years, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just was like, oh, I can't pick my paintbrushes up. Like, I suck at this now. I can't do this. How did I make that brush stroke that time? Like, I could never do that again. I feel like artists are, you know, I am my own worst critic and I know that, (laughs) but so it failed in the sense of like, I did stop for a while, but now I'm back. (laughs) I'm here, (laughs) you know? It's very interesting because I I feel like a lot, everyone goes through, or at least a lot of people I know go through at least one dry period where they're not creating much. And for me, it was actually right after grad school. So luckily Mm -hmm. I had two more years of creating right after Seton Hill. But like right after grad school, my first year of teaching, I was I was I was just like you. I was like, I'm not right. I, I feel I haven't written anything in, in quite I can't a while. Do it. Yeah, I was practicing a lot, but like I didn't feel like I was writing, and that's for me a right. interesting part of my creative process. So like that that dry spell really does mentally get to you when you try and get back to what you're doing. So I'm glad, very glad that you were able to overcome the thought of picking up. And when you say it out loud, it's funny for me to hear, because I'm like, yeah, of course you could do it. But I feel like if I, if we switch places, I'd be like, how could I pick up the pencil <laughs> and write another piece? And you'd be like, yeah, you just do it. Yeah. you can, I mean, you can definitely ask Bruce. Cause there was this one piece. It's so funny. It had been so long since I created and I like 
made it in our little apartment. So there was super bad lighting, but someone had asked me to do this piece and I was like, okay, I will. And I like had it on the wall and I was probably sobbing. Like maybe I wasn't really (laughs) sobbing. I was like, it's so bad. It's terrible. Like everything is bad about it. And now like to this day, it's one of my favorite pieces. (laughs) (laughs) But like the space and time, it's just, you're, you're so up close to the canvas. I was like, I hate everything. And he was like, babe, just like take a break, go in the other room. Like it'll be fine. (laughs) It's just, I feel like that's part of the creative process where you're there and you just finished and your face is right in the thing that you just finished. And you're like, this is the worst thing. I've never done it in my life. Yes. <laughs> like, and so it was fun. So um, it actually sold when I was at um, Brushes and Beans that, when they first opened in 2020. So like it sold there. And then I got to share with the person who bought it. I was like, funny story. I actually hated this for a minute, but now I really love it. And I like, just shared with her. So that was really fun. That is fun. So Brushes and Beans, um, you are currently, as we were recording this uh, in January, you're currently yes. being shown there. Do you collaborate with them often? Um, this is my second time being there, so I believe they opened in 2020, but maybe it was 2021. It might be 2021. That I'm was, it was a, those were gray years. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what years those together. are. Yeah. Um, but I was their first featured, one of their first featured art, artists there. So they have a beautiful space where you can, it's half cafe, and then you can also paint pottery. So it's really fun oh. for creative people to go in. So it was fun for me, and they um, just really love artists, and that's been their like heart, and that's why they wanted to bring visual artists in. Um, so I was there for their first featured, and then they asked me to come back. So I am there now in January, and then I think my things will be there until like February, mid February. Um, I don't have a clear cut date for that, but ah. yeah, so our really listeners great. who are listening to this in March. If they're still there, you're going to want to run out to Brushes and Beans. Wait, where's it at? In Murraysville. <laughs> oh, in Murraysville, Pennsylvania, <laughs> to uh, to see some of Hannah's work. And if not, you have to check her out. We'll give you information on how to do that at the end of yeah. the interview. Um, so <laughs> you already <laughs> shared with us a funny story about uh, one of your pieces, about your artistic process, where you're like, oh, I hate this piece. Uh, is there like a piece of advice that you might have to someone starting out in your artistic field uh, that you have thought about uh, since starting? Yeah, just keep going. And that sounds lame, but it honestly is. You have to keep creating and every piece isn't going, there's not going to be a lot of people that like every single piece. That's what I found is impossible. (laughs) But if you keep creating that you will, if your goal is to connect with people and to show your work, like you can get it out there and people can see it and they might engage with something. So don't just give up if you feel like everything sucks. Just keep going. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a great piece of advice, especially uh, coming from someone who kept going uh, and uh, looked at their canvas again and said, oh, I, I like it now. Yeah. Uh, Even with like time. Instagram and how that is, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know how the algorithm works. I don't know. I just am like, I will share this and I hope people see it. I hope they like it. I hope they engage I see you. you, You're out here working because I mean, for for musical artists, Instagram is kind of like a kind of a crowd builder. But for visual artists, it's really important. Like, it's I'm literally showing you my art, so it's just like I I see you always like making your reels with your uh, with your art, taking pictures of your art. uh, And I'm so glad that you see it. Oh yeah, of course. I like it. I'm just like. 
one person saw this, you know what I mean? Or like, I don't know, literally, I don't know how it's like distributed out to the people. So it's so frustrating. <laughs> I, so as I, as we record this, I know I'm going to be making clips of uh, extra musical content to put out before to, to market and, to, and afterwards the blah, blah, blah. And I have no idea either. There's an algorithm. And I almost said Jeff Bezos. And Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is somewhere deciding whether or not he's flipping a coin and right. someone's going to get it or someone's not. I mean, like, uh, it, literally, I'm just like, I don't understand. But every time you put something, I will like it because I want to see more. <laughs> synergy. Let's do artistic synergy. <laughs> let's break yeah. the algorithm. I don't know. Let's break the algorithm. <laughs> Now, I just need a, someone with, like, 90s hacker energy yes. to go in and be like, click, I'm in. And then, like, rewrite the script so that everyone yes. always pulls up abstract Hannah yes. whenever the first post <laughs> always. They're like, I don't even know who this is. And it automatically follows you. Can you get like that, that cheat one. code in there? I'd be yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? Uh, do you have an iPhone? No. I'm oh, sorry. there was this. <laughs> I'm sorry. The oh man, Apple's really got us. That people are like, oh, I'm sorry. No, I have a green phone. I call them green phones, but they're the Samsungs or whatever. Listen, uh, my five year old is begging me to get an iPhone because of a game that is only on iPhone. I'm just like, bro, wait, give me a minute. You're five. I know. I was like, give me a minute. Yeah. Uh, not, not yet. No. <laughs> Uh, there's a, there was this one time that uh, U2 had an album that just downloaded to our phones. I don't I know if you remember, remember that. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, we were all really frustrated. We need to do that with Instagram and like yes. our pages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who that were those make... people? Who were U2? How did they do this? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to get that and then like have them be our promoters. Yes. That would be the <laughs> And like the not annoying way, like let because we don't want to. I don't know. No, I'll be annoying. <laughs> Anyone who knows me in real life will <laughs> definitely tell you there are moments where they've been annoyed at me. One time, funny story. That one time I made Hannah spill coffee all over her desk. I told her the story yeah. like two years ago, and she was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Uh, it's I'm pretty forever. sure I blacked it out. <laughs> yeah, it's it forever in my mind. It's core memory. Uh, I had scared her because you know. I'm 19. Scaring people is funny. I had scared her while she was working in the office at our performing arts center and she spilled her coffee all over her desk. And the person she worked with was going to murder me because she hated me at that time. But everything's good now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. One time. We're, we're so off track. Um, I think um, I think listeners have like a good idea of who you are, how you feel about art and the artistic process and your life and your creative life all together. Um, do you have any uh, final thoughts about the creative process and your interaction with it? Hmm. Um, well, I would just say people that are viewing my art, um, it is, like I mentioned earlier, it is a lot of emotions go into it. So I'm not always great with words or like writing words, but I can communicate um so I like lost people as everyone has. So like even the exploring those moments of grief and sorrow um, and still being able to find joy in creating or just even, yeah, I guess I just share a lot of that through paint. Um, so I guess just whatever you're creating, continue creating. And if it's in those moments where you don't feel like creating anymore because you're so literally heavy emotionally just keep creating 
because it is really helpful. <laughs> it, it it is. I can I agree with that. I I feel much better after right before this I was even <laughs> sketching and I was like man this is a great hour this yeah. hour of my day has been the best because okay. I got to get write some notes on a page real quick. <laughs> um so for our listeners um do you have any like suggested reading listening or viewing you had already suggested a book earlier what was that book again that was called um know my name by Chanel Miller um and that is amazing it's her memoir um another book that was really powerful while I was painting. I, well, I listened to a lot of Lisa Joel. So she's another favorite author that I like to listen to. Um, there was this book called the house we grew up in and that's another, it's just beautiful. I don't know how to describe it, but I actually did a piece for someone last year. Um, and I named it at, it was like a reference to the house in the book. So it's like, I don't know. I just love Lisa Joel. And, uh, <laughs> so there, yeah, that, and I don't know. I don't think I have a ton. I also love Frederick Bachman, who is actually, I believe he's Swedish, but he has, the way oh. he writes is really beautiful. Um, oh, you're really naming people I've just never <laughs> heard of, which is great. I always love when <laughs> people say things that I've never heard of and I'm like, I don't know what this is for. Uh, so what is he? He's a Swedish writer. Yeah. So he actually is the writer of the man called I think they read Otto, yeah. yeah the so Otto. they renamed him well, Otto for the movie with Tom Hanks. But so he's the author of that. Um, so that's a really great book. But also he has a series called Bear Town. Um, and just the way he writes in it is just, I don't know, I think it's really beautiful. So I definitely listen to at least two of there's a it's a three part series. So is, is it a town of bears? It is a hockey town. Um oh. <laughs> yeah, so Actually, so the bears play hockey. <laughs> yes, they're the bears from Bear Town. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, my books are kind of off the wall. But like authors, he's always one that I come back to. Um, even just the way that he talks about like masculinity and just yeah. like what that looks like in our society. And just like, um, so if you Google that book, you'll know immediately that it is also about a, a rape case that happened, not a real one. It is like in there. It's like a made up one, but just how this small town covers up <laughs> or tries oh. to be silent. Um, and so it's kind of just like that story through it. And just the way he writes about, I don't know, I think it's so relatable to how people process. And then also just like masculinity doesn't have to be beating someone up. It can also be standing by their side kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, so. and I bet that that parallels well with the, the, the whole hockey, yes. like macho, throw my gloves off <laughs> yes. fight in the middle yeah oh gosh but also read or listening to that also made me appreciate like watching hockey so if you don't know i don't love sports <laughs> <laughs> and your husband so loves sorry. sports yes and also my kids love sports so my two-year-old oh. loves the pens like she we went to the pens game and she loves them so much and she'll ask every couple of days a mama pens game <laughs> so like yeah the reading the book made me appreciate hockey more. So now I'm just like, ah, oh, the bears from Bear Town, only the penguins from Penguin Town. That doesn't make from sense. From Penguin Town, yeah. Well, actually, Penguin City is what they refer to, or what Youngstown refers to themselves as sometimes. <laughs> There's a Penguin City Brewing Company. So when you said Penguin Town, it's like Penguin City Brewing Company. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those I'll link those books um, awesome. in the in the show notes for anyone um, that wants to check them out. 
And where can listeners find you online and learn more about you? Um, if you check out my Instagram page, it's at abstract underscore Hannah. That's where I post most, most frequently. I also have um, a Facebook page that is under the same name. Um, but I definitely update Instagram way more because, you know, the pressure on there. I am also on TikTok as, again, abstract Hannah. <laughs> Well, Hannah, I really appreciate you uh, sitting down for our interview. For listeners listening, uh, this is actually the first interview that uh, we're doing for Extra Musical. Even though it's the seventh episode, uh, it is our first interview. So, Hannah, thank you so much for being the premiere interview. Oh, my goodness, of, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's really great to uh, talk to you again uh, and to see Bruce before the show started. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Hannah, for being on the podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Extra Musical. Extra Musical is a Hidden Cinema Records production. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now. <laughs>